0: Let us pray. Gracious God, as we come before you, we pray that we will be open to your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Our second reading is from Paul's first letter to Corinth. chapter 1 verses 1 through 9 hear these words of the Apostle Paul called to be an Apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that wa- that is in Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be Saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking, in any spiritual gift, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Well, my wife, Michelle, took, my, took our daughter, Cara back to college. It is her final semester. We are very excited, particularly that last payment that we no longer have to make after this. My wife knows that laundry is my weakness. So as Michelle says, I am folding challenged. Therefore, before my wife left, she made sure to do all the laundry, because she knows when it comes to the washing machine, I am quite hopeless. Now, there's nothing like putting on fresh laundered clothes, especially if you pull them right out of the dryer The fresh smell, the warmth, the softness. I remember as a child rushing to get ready for a soccer match, and I would call up, Mom, where's my uniform? In the dryer, and I would pull it out and quickly put it on so as not to be late. And only a week before, I had handed over to her a sweaty, muddy, grass-stained uniform. And my mother would work her magic and get it clean the following week. Aren't mothers amazing in that way? But no matter how hard she tried, my soccer uniform was never quite as it was when it was brand new. You know, when you take the plastic off and you put it on for the first time. I guess that's probably why they take all the team pictures at the start of the year. When I would put on that clean uniform, I would feel a sense of pride because I was a part of a team. Me and my compatriots, We were together. We were part of something greater than we were as individuals. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he is reminding them that they too are part of a team. That they too are part of something greater than they are just as individuals. He writes, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place that call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were called together in fellowship with one another. And not only those in their church, but all those in every place call. Those who called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were called to be a team. And it was important for Paul to emphasize that because the church in Corinth was a divisive church. There was constant arguing and criticism. Word had gone back to Paul that they were dividing into factions. Some were saying, I follow Apollos, while others, I follow Paul, and even some, I follow Peter. We see this happen today. When asked about our faith, we might respond, I am a Presbyterian, or I am a Lutheran, or I am a Catholic. Even among us Presbyterians, we might say, I belong to Plains Presbyterian or I belong to Park Presbyterian. However, as Paul points out, has Christ been divided? Were the founders of this church crucified for you? Were your parents crucified for you? Were John Calvin, Martin Luther, or Pope Francis crucified for you? No, only Christ was crucified for you and for me. And when we were baptized, were we baptized into any of these other names, we were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For we are all Christians. Paul points out that we are all on the same team. Too often we look at other churches as if they are our competition, competing for members. Christian and social psychologist Christina Cleveland writes in her book, Disunity in Christ, That we in the church often think of heaven like a Chicago suburb with different neighborhoods. The Catholics are over here. The Lutherans are over here. I'm sure us Presbyterians, we'd be on a nice hill in heaven (laughs) looking over everybody else. However, this belief stands in stark contrast through the gospel of Jesus Christ for we are one in Christ it seems like there are so many things that divide us these days do you baptize by sprinkling water or by full immersion do you pass the plate at communion or practice intinction do you speak in tongues do you play the organ or electric guitar in your services. We find many reasons to separate ourselves from one another. It's like the joke. A man was driving across the Golden Gate Bridge and he suddenly sees a man about to jump over to end his life. So in order to help, he jumps out, he cries out to him, Don't jump! You have so much to live for. God loves you. The other man says, you believe in God? I believe in God. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Lutheran too. Well, which denomination? Missouri Senate? Me too. Are you Eastern Missouri Senate or Western Missouri Senate? Eastern, me too. Northeastern or southeastern? Southeastern. Me too. Are you South Re- Eastern Region A or Region B? Region B. The guy pushes them over. <laughs> Sometimes we look at others as if and we forget that we are all a part of the same team. We like to bolster up our own church in fear. That another church is going to steal away our parishioners. We forget that we are all in the same pursuit to reach out to our community in the name and love of Jesus Christ. Now, I did not attend a Presbyterian seminary. In fact, my seminary was not affiliated with any particular denomination. It was the largest Protestant seminary in the U.S. and Europe. There were multiple multiple denominations represented, both within the student body and faculty, and many people from across the world. Presbyterians, Methodists, Episcopalians, Lutherans, Catholics, Orthodox, Pentecostal, Salvation Army, Non denominational, and many others. Over 60 different denominations. And although we were different, we were one in Christ. We were on the same team. And it is the same for each of us, no matter our church affiliation. What I enjoyed at seminary was the worship was so eclectic. I learned new ways of experiencing God. I witnessed how churches and denominations are like the 31 flavors of God, each one emphasizing different aspects about the same God. I am thankful for our Catholic brethren who remind us about the importance of communion and mass. I am thankful for our Lutheran brothers and sisters, who remind us the importance of grace. And I am thankful that we Presbyterians emphasize the importance of God's sovereignty and God's choice. In verse 2, Paul makes an important distinction. A distinction which is easily passed over, but very important. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Paul uses the present participle for the form of the word sanctified. He doesn't use the past participle those who were sanctified, nor does he use the future form, those who will be sanctified. But in the present participle, he says, those who are sanctified. In Christ, we are being sanctified in the present tense. We are continually sanctified over and over again. It's like that soccer uniform of mine. Every week I would go out and get it all muddied and dirtied. And every week my mother would get it clean again. And that is what Christ does for us every day. For we go out into the world and we are muddied. We are dirtied by the world. By sin and by life in general. And every moment, we are being cleaned by Jesus Christ. Now, on my washing machine, there is a sanitize button. And what it does is it heats up the water so that it kills all the microbes and germs. This comes in really handy if one of us is sick, so that we don't spread our illness to one another. And that is essentially what Jesus does for us. For we are sanctified in Christ. And we are not only being cleaned, but we are being sanitized. We are being purified. And unlike my uniform, which became became worn out over, over time, no matter how many times we come before Christ, we are made into a new creation. We are continually being made anew. And this happens to each of us, to every Christian, no matter what denomination. In our churches, we too easily get caught up in our preferences. Rather, these things really don't matter that much to God. But what does matter is that there are a lot of people who are on the wrong team. And I don't mean other churches. There are those who follow lifestyles and beliefs that lead them away from God. They fall into dysfunctional patterns, such as addiction, infidelity, abuse, and promiscuity. Or they turn to false gods, such as work, money, and success. And they are not the only ones. We as Christians also find ourselves falling into these same traps. The difference, though, is that we that have Christ are continually renewed. For Christ cleans us up and sets us back on the right path. Jesus wants that for us and for all of those. He wants all to know him. So let's quit competing. Let's quit measuring ourselves by which church we attend or which denomination we belong to. Let's quit letting our preferences dictate the love of God. And let us get to work for the common mission for all those outside these walls. The game exists yet to be played, and it is played out there. So let's get to it, for we are one in Christ. Amen.